You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and it's Arkansas week. The Southwest Classic is here in College Station for the first time since 2012. The Aggies are looking positive now in the top 10 for the second time this season after starting off the year 3-1. and one. And with this game still having implications, and the last time you think about this game was played in College Station, it was a blowout, could we start seeing younger talent make their marks in the Aggie program? Before we begin this podcast, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast, Monday through Friday, every single day is a Locked on Aggies podcast day. Give me a follow there, and I will make sure I add it to the program list. Secondly, follow us at Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Man-related content found here on LOP. Subscribe on iTunes and listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen every single day. Every single day is a Locked on Aggies podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. So, yesterday's show, we talked a lot about Jimbo Fisher and what he thinks of this rivalry. Keep in mind, this is a rivalry that has been going on for over seven decades. This has started really and essentially kind of as the big, big game in the middle of the 1930s, kind of went all the way up until 1991, and then in 2010, they brought the rivalry back, and then when it moved to the SEC, they made sure it was played every single year. So, just imagine this. If A&M would have been added to the SEC East instead of the SEC West, one, more than likely they would have probably at least taken a trip down to Atlanta, but that's not the important part. The more important part is, two, they would have made sure their SEC West game every single season was against the likes of Arkansas in the Southwest Classic. Whether that be played in Fayetteville, whether that be played in College Station, or whether that be played up in Arlington, this would have been the game. Because now, A&M and the SEC West play South Carolina every year and then one other opponent. Much like how Alabama faces off against Tennessee every year on the third Saturday in October and Auburn takes on Georgia in the over-the-hedge game. So, those are some numbers you got to think of. But, Jimbo Fisher talked about this rivalry because, of again, this game has been very close in the last decade, especially since the game has been moved to Arlington. Now, keep in mind, the rivalry started right back up in 2009. Uh, That game actually was played in Arlington, and that was a blowout for Arkansas. They won 47-19. The year after that, in 2010, they only won by a touchdown against the Aggies. The year after that, they only won by a touchdown against the Aggies, and they were both ranked in those years. Then the game got moved to College Station when they went back to the SEC. Big-time blowout, 58-10 for the Aggies. Then they traveled to Fayetteville the next year. Closer game, 45-33. The year after that, it went back to Arlington in 2014. They won by a touchdown in overtime, A&M. And then the year after that, they won by a touchdown, again, in overtime. The year after that, that was the biggest blowout that we've seen in recent memory. A&M was a top 10 team that year, 45-24. But the year after that, in 2017, Kevin Sullivan's final season, they won yet again by a touchdown, yet again, in overtime. 
In the first year of the Jimbo Fisher era, they won by a touchdown, 24 to 17. And last year, they only won by four points. They won because of a big time stop on the defense when they were ranked number 23, 31 to 27. So this is a game that you can't sleep on with the Aggies. And Kellen Mon, the quarterback who has seen a lot of these games. In fact, he started in three of the four going into his fourth this year and will be the starter, has spoken about what this game means to him. It's like the uh, the venue in Arlington. And, um, you know, we've always had some big-time games there going back to my freshman year, um, you know, a, a huge overtime game. and uh, But I think, I think uh, everyone here will be excited to play in Kyle. You have to realize that this is Mon's first game against the Razorbacks in Kyle Field. He only knows Arlington. That's what every single player on this roster knows, except for the freshmen. Because of every single season, this game goes down to the wire. And he talked about that. In his very first year, he split reps with then-former Arkansas quarterback Nick Starkle and tried to maneuver his way through an overtime victory. The team got the win. And then the next year, guess what? They had to go through the ringer once again. This time it didn't go to overtime. It was only 24-17, to 17, but it still was a close game. This has always been something that we've seen from the likes of the Aggies. And for Mon, this has to be a very special game because of it's his last time in a game where he has factored in a lot of the team's success playing it in front of the home fans. Now again, it's not a 100,000-packed stadium that college football Saturdays are used to, but there still will be Aggies fans in the stands, and he'll end his career, hopefully 4-0, against the Razorbacks. Now, naturally, he also just spoke on the rivalry as a whole and what this means to not just the program, but what it means to the SEC and what it means to always play close against an opponent that maybe doesn't seem like they're always up to the challenge. Um, I mean, it's just always been a big-time game, and um, I, can, you know, I can't tell you why exactly. Um, they're always close games, but um, you know, I feel like that's just the type of competition um, that's always in the SEC, and you know, they've had really good teams in the past, and you know, I think that... Um, you know, their defense, I think it looks better to me um, and just the chemistry that they have and the, the way they're playing. So, um, you know, I look for uh, another um, big-time game for both sides. Sometimes you don't get to describe how a game really goes. It just kind of goes, and that's really how it's always been with these two schools. You just kind of have competition in the SEC, and I mentioned it yesterday. You look at what LSU does every single year against Ole Miss. It's a trap game. Now, it isn't a trap game for the Rebels. It's a trap game for the more component team, which would be the Tigers. But it's a game that always seems to be really close. It's one of those times where, yeah, you could be 0-4 going into that game. You walk out 1-4. You could be 4-0 and you walk out with a loss. Or at least you walk out with your head held a little lower because of you know that this team should not be playing as close as they are to you, but either you're making a mistake or they're playing lights out. That's just kind of how it is in the SEC. There's always a few games a year like that. Mississippi State with Alabama. You never can count the Bulldogs out until the fourth quarter. At that point, 
Then the Crimson Tide started to pull away. But up until then, it always seems to be a close one. Same thing with AM, same thing with the Razorbacks. This is going to be a game that I think a lot of people, even though it's going to be played in Kyle Field, it's going to be close. The defense has improved immensely under Barry Odom. The offense has looked competent under the likes of both Kendall Bryles and, of course, Sam Pittman, who was one of the more controversial yet actually really smart hires in the SEC this past offseason. So this could actually be a game that brings some excitement on a very special holiday. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you like paying that extra service fee to have someone install a car park that you could do yourself? Nobody likes to pay extra money that they don't really have. That's why I recommend you use rockauto.com. Rockauto.com has been an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. They have a variety of modules, sections, and parts found on their very unique catalog. I mean, I know for me, I've had tail lights go out. I've had the part shipped to my apartment right here in Houston, Texas, and I've installed it myself paying less than a fraction of the price because of all I'm doing is I'm going to the catalog and getting what I need, skipping the middleman step of paying that service fee. Go visit rockauto.com and type in locked on on the how to hear about section so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com is the place to be. Now, this may come as a shock to some of you guys, but I'm not just a sports writer and host. I also have another job on the side to where I'm working over 70 hours a week. Now, there's nothing wrong with working that many hours, but it always feels like I'm on the on. I never turn off that off switch. So it makes me feel like I never have a moment to chill. Whenever I do get a moment to chill, though, I like to grab an ice cold beer. And the one beer that's literally made to chill is Coors Light. Watching football is therapeutic to fans because it's uninterrupted me time and excuse to chill and drink beer. Now, with minimal college football teams playing this year, Coors Light wants fans to know that there are plenty of teams and sports out there that will allow them to relax and enjoy a beer. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any college football team just to drink a beer. Now, I know I always like to crack open an ice-cold Coors Light because it's cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged, meaning it's literally made to chill. And it's something that is just very refreshing to me because it's cool and crisp as the Rocky Mountains themselves. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so why don't you hit your reset button, reach for that beer that's literally made to chill, presented by the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And remember, celebrate responsibly. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. You love quality podcasts running your favorite sports teams? If so, why not listen to a Locked on Podcast? The Locked on Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, and highlight information to get you geared up and win at your fantasy football league. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen every single day, because you know every single day is a Locked On Podcast Day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. So, Texas A&M will be facing off against Arkansas for the first time, not in Arlington since 2014, the very first time in College Station since 2012. If you didn't know, that, on top of it, AM has not played host to the Razorbacks in College Station before they moved to the SEC 
until 1991. So it's been a while. And in both those games, A&M did claim victory. So that's a big win for them, in my opinion. The difference with this game is this game's usually played kind of early in the year. It's, I would say, if it's not October 3rd or September 29th, it's played on my birthday week in October 10th. It always seems to be kind of earlier in the season, just to get out of the way, get fans involved, get butts in the seats because of the NFL season is not going on crazy. And usually they do it on a weekend where the Cowboys are playing good football because they're not going to be disappointed by the fans yet. So they try to get them on an away weekend as well. This weekend will be Halloween, one of the more impressive, fun outings. And it's a moment that I think a lot of uh, people across College Station love because if you don't get this game that often, you get a game on Halloween weekend, but not on actual Halloween, All Hallows Eve. And Kalamon actually spoke about what this game means to be playing it on a night where everything spooky can come to life. Uh, you know, I think at least for me and, you know, I would probably say for our team, um, you know, all the excitement is around being able to, um, you know, come off this bye week and, uh, you know, be able to play with each other and um, be able to play uh, an SEC game. Um, you know, I'm not exactly too excited about playing on Halloween. Um, to me, it's just another day, but, um, you know, I'm excited to get back on the field and um, get back to work with the, with the group that I love. What? Come on, Kellen. It's Halloween. It's a fun day. It's one of those moments where fans will be dressing up in costumes to go to the game. They'll be able to have kind of spooks and scares out there. And more importantly, it's a game where anything can happen. This is one of those games where I actually consider you throw out the playbook. You just kind of say, let's go for it. If we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. No matter what, it's going to be a competitive one. And we're going to have to go down to the wire with this team to make sure we can contend. So to say that, this is kind of disappointing in my opinion. I mean, it's not like you're playing a game against, you know, Colorado State. I would get that. I 100% would get that one. You're not playing against Fresno State. You're not playing against, you know, Abilene Christian. You're playing against Arkansas in your backyard for the final time in your college career. And you don't see any excitement with that? That is actually points against Shaquel and Mon, in my opinion. Halloween is my favorite season of the year. I know it's a lot of your listeners' favorite seasons of the year. So, definitely losing some points there. But Kel and Mon, of course, did address also just the big elephant in the room, and that's talking about the team in general. And when I say team, I mean Arkansas, not A&M. Um, you know, I definitely think they've been playing really well, and, um, you know, I think it's one of those defenses that have been playing um, together as a full unit. Um, I think at times, you know, across the country, you see, you know, a lot of big time players and then some guys. But, um, you know, I think they play really well together and, you know, within the scheme they do and they execute really well. So um, it's definitely going to take a, a, a full game for us and a, a big time week of game planning to um, go in and, um, you know, play a big time game in the SEC. Um, I think it's really uh, a really key, important um, piece. And I think, you know, one of the things that we've done really well over the past couple of weeks is that communication, um, you know, whether it's a checked run play or, or just, you know, we kind of line up in it, but one offensive line, um, you know, and that chemistry that they continue to have and um, also the communication that they continue to have and also along with the receivers blocking downfield. So um, I think the whole run game uh, has been, you know, 
you know, really well for us um, because we've had all those pieces and a lot of people being unselfish, and uh, we got to continue to do that this week. Yeah, I give it up to AM. I mean, they rank number three, I think, in rushing yards going into this upcoming showdown. They would be actually number two if it wasn't for their bye week. Now, again, bye weeks are good. They give you time to reheal, regenerate, and kind of rebalance and repurpose yourself. But same time, this is also a game that always seems to be kind of in the grasp of AM, but never fully there. It's just always like right there to grab. And at the very end, they are able just to hold on. I wouldn't say they grab it by the horns. They just hold on and call it a day. Now, that's not an insult to AM. That's not an insult to anyone. It just it is what it is, and that's just something that you've noticed over the years. Now, that is something that I do think AM needs to rely on very heavily in this game, is the run game. Kellen Mond is going up against the number one turnover defense in the SEC right now. And that's a big credit to Barry Odom and what he's been able to do. 14 total turnovers, 10 coming through the air on interceptions, 3 have been returned for touchdowns, that's also an SEC league high. So, it's not like Arkansas is just getting plays here and there, kind of making adjustments, and then, yep, they're back, it's all good. So, you have to take all that into consideration. When the run game's been working, which it has for both Anaya Smith and Isaiah Spiller, specifically Spiller, who has two 100-yard rushing games so far this year, it's a positive look towards what works and what doesn't. Now, when you look at the run defense in Arkansas, they rank still in the top five, but they are number five. They're not like they are in the secondary, something that Odom has really worked on. Kellen Mond actually can be effective with his legs. There's not me saying here going, oh, you know what, Kellen, don't do anything. Just let Isaiah and Anais do all the work and you just sit there and do nothing. No, be effective, but be effective on the move because if the pass rush is there, it's nothing special, but it is there. But the actual overall run defense to be able to get in the backfield, that's where the problem lies. So I'm not sure... That's going to be something that um, the A&M needs to really worry about. But if it is, that's where they need to look at probably adjusting. Speaking of adjusting, what's it like to adjust to a college program from high school? Well, if you're an A&M fan, you haven't seen that many college kids make those adjustments just yet from the 2019-2020 recruiting class. However, could this be the game where it all kind of comes and clicks together? Don't go anywhere. We'll be discussing that in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you subscribe to the podcast here at LockedOnPodcast.com or on iTunes or Spotify. Follow us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. One of the biggest things that A&M has been missing this past season is a true number one receiver. Now, it looked like that Caleb Chapman was going to take over that role as the six foot four kid from Friendswood had a monster game against Florida, but then he was rolled out for the season after going down with that big touchdown catch in the third quarter. Then last week, Chase Lane had two big catches for 78 yards, one being the 54 yard touchdown that ultimately put AM up 21 to 7, if I'm not mistaken. But you look at the rest of the roster, there still is room for improvement at the pass catching role, especially with their being limited targets on the team right now. But also, you look at the way the team is built going into the remainder of the season, having a bye week could allow you to start to see a little bit more success from younger talent. And Mon actually brought up the wide receiver position and some names 
who could be seeing action for the very first time this season. Um, you know, I, I think it's continually continuing to grow um, every week, and um, you know, I think with uh, Caleb Chapman going down, and then you know us getting a bye week this soon, um, able to get some guys back healthy, and then um, um, also continue to build that chemistry. So. Um, you know, I think uh, we should get Hezekiah Jones back um, this week and um, also start getting some of these younger guys going. And I think uh, just continuing to build that chemistry. Um, and, you know, you know, I think ha having Hezekiah Jones back, um, giving some guys uh, um, you know, a breather and just adding, I guess, just more depth to that receiver room and also playmaking ability, I think it's going to be big for us. But, um, you know, I'm excited about this week and, you know, continuing to grow with those guys. And, um, you know, I'm looking for them to have another big time week in game. Now, see, getting Hezekiah Jones would be actually really big because of he's had the injured bug for the last two seasons. He missed all of last year uh, with an injury that he suffered during fall camp. He had an undisclosed injury at the beginning of this year. But when he has played, he's done at least a little bit to show potential coming out of Stratford High. Uh, played in 12 games in his freshman year, made two catches for 13 yards, played in all 13 games last uh, in his sophomore season, finishing with 15 catches for 134 yards. He had his best game also against Arkansas, where he had four catches for 33 yards. Meanwhile, you look at some of the other guys who have been trying to develop into that role of number one, Jalen Preston and Cam Brown, both saw action last year. Both only have five catches on the year, one for 55 yards, one for 66. So you need to see some development. But there is potential with now Hezekiah back to possibly have a true number one receiver. Now, at the same time, you have two younger players, in Demond Demas and Dylan Wright, who also apparently made strides during this past week. You know, obviously, you got to have a, you know, you know, kind of who's up next mentality. And, um, you know, at first, uh, Cam Buckley went down, Jamon Osman, um, you know, Hezekiah, jo <clears throat> Hezekiah Jones went down uh, for some time. And then um, Caleb Chapman, who was playing, you know, tremendous, um, especially came up big in that Florida game, uh, went down. So, um, you know, it's been, it's, at times, it's been hard, but, uh, you know, I think it's given other guys opportunities. Um, and guys to kind of showcase their skills and um, also, you know, some of those young guys have to um, grow up a lot quicker than they probably thought they would. But, um, you know, you've seen um, some guys grow up, I think, during the bye week. Uh, Demond Demas, I thought, um, had a really, really good bye week. Um, Dalen Wright, I thought, had a really good bye week and, um, you know, some of those other guys. But, you know, I think, you know, getting Chase Lane, uh, um, back going and then um, Cam Brown and some of those other guys Jalen Preston and I think um, that was huge so I definitely think the bye week came at a really good time for us listen I talk a lot about being a number one receiver and that's something that a lot of teams actually have I mean you look at what Alabama had Jalen Waddle was a true number one even last year Jerry Judy was the number one even though they spread the ball immensely Last season, Jamon Osmond was the number one, even though Courtney Davis did see a lot of receptions and a lot of plays. Kendrick Rogers actually was the true number one the year prior at the wide receiver position, but it was really Jay Sternberger who was the number one at the tight end role. Maybe you don't need a true number one when you have great number twos and threes at the next level playing quality positions. 
that's where AM kind of sits right now going into this week. You have Dylan Wright, who is a six foot four monster, who's an athletic guy going from quarterback to now playing a wide receiver role and needing time to develop. Is this the time where the athlete becomes the pass catcher? Demond Demas, one of their premier players from this past overall recruiting class, is now stepping up and playing a more consistent role. Does he fit in that same category? When you look at this team, it's about spreading out the ball as much as possible. Because right now, Anaya Smith is leading the team at the running back position in total number of carries. That's not something that you really want when you know that there's more out there. You want to see your wide receivers actually develop into more quality, sound pass catchers than anything else. So with a bye week, maybe this is the week where we do see Demas finally go off. Where right actually becomes the right option. Maybe even Lane loses out on that number one role, but still is competitive. Preston gets praise from the team. And Brown burns one of the Razorback receivers. I can do all this alliteration all day. More importantly, it just matters that Kellen Mond continues to develop under center. And with this game, it's about getting a big-time victory. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And listen every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. We'll be back tomorrow to talk all things A&M against Arkansas. Maybe a little bit of history between these two squads. Some things to watch out for. And who are some players to watch on both sides of the ball for a big-time game. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, you're good, y'all. This has been... Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.